You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. Hey, hey. Ooh, this one is juicy. We talk about sex and money. Like, do you need to know anything else? Sex and money. Get fucked well. Make a lot of money. I'm done. Goodbye. (laughs) Oh, I am so excited about this episode because I just really enjoyed myself and lost myself in talking to today's guest, Monica Yates. She is so blunt. Just prepare yourself. She fucking goes for it. You guys think that I am blunt and I just get straight to the point and I don't beat around the bush and I just give it to you good. You're welcome. Monica is like me to the nth degree. And I told her multiple times during recording and after I'm like, I love you. You are so great. Oh, wealthy as fuck. This conversation is really about blowing ourselves open. We get to be wealthy in the bedroom. We get to be wealthy in our work. We get to be wealthy in our friendships. There is so much abundance and so much joy and so much freedom and play and just true sovereignty available to us when we are in that magnetic feminine energy, when we clear trauma, when we aren't addicted to the work, when we understand that sexual energy is everything, the link between sex and money. And what is freedom of expression? This was so, so great to hear from someone who is living this, who is truly embodying the idea of freedom and living up to whatever greatest potential you choose for yourself, creating your reality. Goddamn. I love Monica Yates. Please go be in her community. Learn from her. I learned so much during this episode. I'm so grateful we got to have this conversation and I'm so excited for you to hear about it. All right. Here she is. <sighs> um, hi, I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for going on the show. Um, this is it's so fun to have my first conversation with someone on the podcast because, you know, I did my due diligence in stalking you and have been just looking at everything that you're putting into the world. And it's it's really beautiful to see someone be so free and expressive and also I feel like your messaging and the way you show up in the world is so inviting and you it's like you're collecting all these women in your arms and you're like, I got you. Let's go do this, Uh, which I think is really beautiful because it doesn't feel like this isolating concept. It feels very welcoming, very warm. And I think that's really important when we're doing this work and we're talking about feminine energy and abundance and money and all of that. So I just wanted to say that. And I also I'm wondering, where does that energy come from within you? Thank you. Um, I would say the best way for me to describe it is that I'm like very human. And one of my friends said said this to me a few weeks ago. He said the most enlightened people are, what do you say? The the people that think they're the most enlightened are the least enlightened. And that resonated because I was coming across so many of these like quote unquote spiritual people that was so out of integrity that were just like, spiritually bypassing like they would manipulate the fuck out of others and I was like what is going on and like you paint yourself as this whole like perfect person anyway and um I would just say the energy that kind of comes out of me that you were just saying before is very like like where it comes from is like my human self like I don't classify myself as like um some like spiritual like know everything person. Um, I don't think that I'm like better than anybody else. I just think that I'm more educated in my field than the average Joe Blow. And like someone else is more educated in like investment banking, you know? Oh, Jelly's joining us. Oh my gosh. That's so cute. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So yeah, I would just say that my human self is so expressed and that makes it really relatable for other people. So I come across really authentic and like a friend to people. And because I show like, you know, when I'm going out to a bar or like doing random shit all the time, people see me as just a very normal person. That's just an expert at something. And that is inviting in itself. When you paint yourself on social media as like, 
you, but when you put yourself on a pedestal, it can actually be really repelling because people feel like they can't reach out to you for help because they are afraid of you judging them and they might not feel like you're good enough. So I actually say this to my clients sometimes of like, you need to tone it down and like show more real shit because you don't want people to be afraid to reach out to you because they're afraid of, you know, you thinking, how do you not already know this or like whatever. And, and it's not necessarily that um, my clients are like being judgy or anything. It's not like that. It's just that people can perceive things wrongly. So you just want to make the effort to really come across super normal and random. So like, I really try, and I went through a phase when I moved here because I was honestly just so fucking busy where I wasn't on my Instagram stories very much. Um, and so I wasn't really posting like my random shit. I'd post like something maybe glamorous or whatever, but then I would just forget to post all the random shit in between because honestly, I just didn't want to have my phone when I was doing random shit. And I've gotten myself back into the habit of posting the random stuff. And it's made, I, I can see the difference that it's made. Um, and I used to do it so much and then just fell off the bandwagon. And I started doing it again. And for me and my brand, it's so important. I'm just posting like everyday random crap, like, you know, getting a new tattoo, Jelly's doing my jelly, my dog is doing something weird, or like, you know, we, we try and be really diligent of even like, if my personal assistant is like yesterday, she was rearranging my spice rack for me. So she put it on my Instagram and like all those little things, it just helps people to be like, oh yeah, she's real. Like her spice rack's not organized. It's being organized. Like little <laughs> things like that actually go a really long way. Yeah. And it just helps people um, subconsciously to feel like they can relate to you more and therefore they're going to buy from you because they trust you more. Yeah. I love this. You know, I've been really grappling with the spiritual space over the last month or so. I've been talking about it a lot on my show because I too, like you, I started seeing all the bullshit. I started seeing how people were not what they were trying to show on Instagram. And I started to see the way it was almost felt like this hijacking of a lot of words where like, what does embodiment even mean anymore? What is authenticity? Um, are we actually living the things that we're preaching and talking about? And I have just felt like I even noticed like with my crystals, I'm like, did I do these work? Are these expensive rocks? Like, did mm -hmm. I do this because someone told me I was supposed to, and that made me a good spiritual girl. Like, I feel like there's a lot of conforming and a lot of, you know, Oh, someone says this and I'm just going to do it because that helps me fit into this space. And so I'm kind of in this, you know, renegotiating what spirituality means for me and how am I actually embodying this? How am I actually showing up authentic rather than just doing it the way everyone tells you to? And it's like this, this guru mentality and, oh, they must know more than me. And, oh, I'm going to put them on a pedestal and they're better. And it just, I think that there's sort of this reckoning with a lot of us of saying, this doesn't work anymore. And we're not buying into the bullshit. Like who actually is showing up? Right. And you know what? The more that I, and like, I'm very witchy and stuff just naturally. Um, so I've always kind of been into that, but like, I kind of do my own thing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, whenever someone asks me like, what crystals do you buy? Like, what's that name? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I just like buy ones that look nice. Like that to me, they're just more of like, a, they look nice and you know, and I, I will say when I do hold some crystals, especially if they're really big, I can feel the energy from them. But it depends on the sourcing. And I'm very aware of like, also it's not good to be having a million crystals in your fucking home because they don't belong in our home. Like they belong in the rocks in the fucking universe, right? Like they're not ours. Anyway, I will say though, the more that I, and New York people say like, isn't a spiritual place, like fucking Sedona spiritual, right? For me, New York is my vortex. It's my portal. Like I can, even in Sedona, nothing happened. I was like, no, nah, I don't like this place. <laughs> like there wasn't like any big energy thing that happened. I actually found it like really exhausting. Like there was too much energy there or there was like, it was like too intense almost. And it was exhausting anyway. Um, but New York is my portal. And uh, last year in lockdown, I was doing a lot of spiritual practices and a lot of like witchy stuff because I had nothing else to fucking do really. Um, but uh, New York for me, I'm like my most human self and I'm actually my most spiritual. Like I'm my most psychic. I'm my most connected. I manifest so fucking quickly. Um, things when I'm in New York, I'm so happy. I'm so like, you know, pouring out unconditional love. So empathetic, like all that kind of stuff. And that to me is true. Like 
quote unquote spirituality, but like, like you said, what even fucking is spirituality to me, it's just about being connected to like something greater. And we are, we are spiritual and that we're connected to the universe instead of being connected to like God or Buddha or whatever else. To me, I, the, the more that I have let myself be human and enjoy human experiences, the more I felt connected to the universe and something greater in fact. So like, that's my kind of thing with spirituality is like, I just be human. And that's what we're meant to do. Like we're put here as humans to have that experience. So like everyone can do whatever they want to do. Like that's up to them. But I think a lot of people, they may be, um, like almost dimming their life because they're trying to fit in like a spiritual box of like, if I'm not drinking, if I'm vegan, if I'm not, not staying out past 10 PM, if I'm waking up at 4 AM, then I'm more spiritual. And, and I want to say, if that actually like resonates for you, like that's different, but if you're doing it because you think that's going to get you an outcome, like question that, right? Because the less that I've done that and the more that I've just made myself happy and been a human and I go out drinking, I stay up till 1am. I have one night stands. I do all the things that aren't spiritual. I am so connected and I feel so abundant and I manifest so quickly and I'm so deeply happy. Um, and everyone like can do their own fucking thing, obviously, but I invite everybody to remember that we are humans And I think the most spiritual thing that you can do is to have your fullest human experience and not try and be all spiritual when you're actually here as a human. You're not here as a spirit. You're here as a human. Can I get a fucking amen? (laughs) Spitting fire on a Friday. Damn, girl, that was so good. I love the way you explain that because I think that is this missing piece. And, you know, I've been in this space for a couple of years. I've definitely not been doing this for a long time. I think what happens is we get into something new and we got to go gung ho all in. And it's like, I'm not a human anymore. I'm an alien and I'm ethereal Mm. and all this stuff. And it's like, but what if we bridge the gap? What if we bring the ethereal to the human and vice versa? And we incorporate all of it. Like you're saying, we chose to do this so we could be human and have these experiences and have good sex and drink good wine and have fun and be joyful. Like, why is that wrong? We've made pleasure and joy and fulfillment in a human body wrong. And all of these, like a lot of these, not I was like all, a lot of these like strict spiritual practices are really masculine. And as a woman, that's just going to actually be draining your life force energy. The more that I have fun and I'm expressed and I go and do crazy shit and I'm adventurous, I'm doing all that kind of stuff. The more life force energy I have, the more like strict spiritual practices I have or whatever, the less I feel creative and in flow and full of feminine energy. So that's also another thing as well of like, if you're doing these crazy disciplined practices, like maybe you need some more masculine structure in your life and then like, great. But a lot of us don't need more masculine structure in our life. Men need more masculine structure. Women don't need more masculine structure. Yes. God is so good. Okay. I want to talk about sex because for me, sex and my sexual awakening and opening and connecting to myself is what helped me come back to me to hear myself, to follow my intuition, all those things. So what has sex done for you in terms of expanding you and helping you learn to trust yourself? Okay. How I would say, okay. So actually a friend asked me to dinner last night, funny one's conversation. She goes, are you like always okay with people touching you? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, at your housewarming party, like when you were dancing on the sofa, like I'm just gonna paint the picture. I was dancing on the corner of my sofa. It's like a square. It's like a, the back of the sofa is like square. So you can stand on it. Like it's flat anyway. And I was dancing on the corner of it. And I mean, it was hard to balance. So anyway, she was like, there was so many dudes that had their hands all over you and you just didn't flinch. And I was watching you and I was like, does she not care? Like, is she just like, that would make me feel so uncomfortable. And she was like, have you always been like that? And I was like, no, I haven't always been like that. I used to be really uncomfortable with like a lot of people touching me and that kind of stuff. And it took me a long time to love touch. I used to fucking hate being touched. Like even by my boyfriend, like do not touch me kind of thing. It was fucking weird. Anyway, I healed that shit. Long story short, the more that I 
have actually embodied like my boundaries, my truth, the more that I have released shame around being expressed and being sexual. And like, I am definitely Samantha Jones out of Sex and the City. <laughs> and the more that I have embraced that and not seen that as like something to be shameful, shameful as, but rather that's just my personality. And if you're Carrie or if you're Charlotte, like amazing, that's your personality. The more that I have embraced that side of myself and healed my shame around um, being like sensual and very sexual, because I kind of always have been, the more sex has been liberating for me. And then now sex is like the best thing ever. I love sex so much. Like I could have it all day, every day if I could. And to me, sex is it's like empowerment. Like I feel so empowered and I'm not dominating in the bedroom. I'm submissive as fuck as in people, you know, people say like, Oh, sex is a workout. And I'm like, I don't know what you were doing in bed, but it is not a workout for me. I just lie there. I receive, like, I'm not doing shit in the bedroom. So I'm very much like submissive. Um, and meanwhile, he's sweating his fucking balls off. I'm like, this I like it. <laughs> anyway, so it's not a workout, but it's, it's empowering, right? Because I'm so in my feminine. I feel like I'm well fucked. I am full of life force energy. I, I know how to receive. I've got no problem being around men and men make me feel so like juiced up and delicious and just yummy. I fucking love men. Um, and all of that gives me more energy, makes me feel more expanded, makes me feel more empowered and, um, confident and all that kind of stuff. And it's not from a wounded place. Like I really want to emphasize that this is not, I used to do this from a wounded place when, you know, when I was a teenager, early, like early, uh, late teens, like when I was like 19, 20, I would get so much validation of being with men. I, and then I went through a phase where I like didn't do, I had like the reverse and now I'm like back in balance. Um, and I do not get validation of being with men. I get validation from myself. I'm with men because like, I want to be with them and I am like wildly confident about it and I'm not trying to get anything out of them. Um, it's just me listening to my desires, honestly. Does that answer your question? I don't really know how to answer your question. No, it's amazing. I love everything you just said. And I'm curious because I've had a similar experience in needing the validation from men uh -huh. very much in my, my late teens and early twenties. I'm curious what it was for you that you healed, that you no longer need that validation. I healed all my daddy shit. Mm. I didn't like, I was daddy's little girl. I love daddy, but I don't have any daddy issues. Um, and I healed all my daddy stuff. Um, and I had a, like a really deep need that I was not aware of, um, for validation from dad. And it would show up in pretty unhealthy ways, like majorly overworking myself, burning myself out all the time, getting myself into really bad situations with men, doing things I didn't want to do with men, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it wasn't until I faced it that I then realized I had to validate myself. And now I'm like amazing at validating myself. And I'm some people would say it's cocky, but I'm like, you just don't know the definition of confidence. Um, so I'm deeply, deeply confident. I don't need anybody else to validate me. And um, it's really fucking freeing because then you just do what you want. And if someone's like, you're being a bit of a slut, I'd be like, I don't give a fuck. Like I, I wouldn't like, that would not trigger me at all. I'd be like, cool. It's fun. I don't care. Like, I'd be like, thanks. Like I, I just, nothing triggers me anymore. Um, so a lot of the stuff that women have around sexual, sexual shame, um, shame around their sensuality, all that kind of stuff, even just fear around men, fear around, um, being taken advantage, being taken advantage of by men, all that kind of stuff. It's often linked with a dad thing. And, um, when you heal that stuff, you heal everything. What is it like for you in clearing, whether it's trauma or belief systems or patterns, and so much of that is what creates our identities. And I'm like, oh, I have daddy issues. This is who I am. And yeah. you, the way you speak about it is so beautiful and brilliant. You're like, yeah, this is a thing that I dealt with and I worked through it. And now it just doesn't, it's not a thing for me anymore. Yeah. What is that like for you as you're working through those patterns and releasing that identity attachment or whatever that feels like for you to then free yourself from that so that you can write your story the way you want it to be? So I think a lot of people think that they're going to change when they do like trauma healing work or um, they're going to become different or something. 
oh, they don't know who they're going to become. They're going to have to like refine themselves. And the reality is that when you do this kind of work, you actually, it feels like you can take an exhale and that you're actually in your body and your body feels like home. And obviously, you know, when you're dealing with that, your ego can be really strong. I don't have any issues. Like I grew up in a quote unquote, perfect childhood. I just suppressed trauma under the carpet. Like I didn't really recognize a lot of the stuff that had happened to me as traumatic. I just was like, whatever. Um, so when I, you know, was faced with it, I just kind of kept shoving it under the carpet on my ego. We get really loud of like, no, I don't have my daddy. I love my dad. I love my dad. I love my dad. And it's not about not loving your dad. It's about like a perception that you misperceive when you were younger. Anyway, so obviously working through it was fucking ugly, but I worked through it like at rapid pace because I did so much somatic stuff. And that's why I do it with my clients. So they don't, they, they think it's going to take them years. It takes them like no time at all. And it feels like really fast, but that's the beauty of doing like really deep shit. Like you, it's like ripping off a bandaid. Like you go deep, you go fast, and then you are fucking done. And obviously once you've done that, like main, main bit of trauma stuff, you'll feel like, oh my God, I'm done. And then from then on, it will be like small things all the time, continuing to learn, embody, expand all that jazz, obviously. Um, but the main bulk of it can be done really quickly if you allow yourself to go really deep. So you have to embrace the ugliness. You have to embrace the mess. You have to see beauty in the tears, in the vulnerability, in the ugliness, in the rage and the anger, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, you move through all of that. And then at the end of it, it just feels like peace. Like it feels like you have so much freedom and you have this sense of inner peace and inner freedom. and it can kind of feel hard to explain sometimes, but like, I never have bad thoughts running through my head. Like I couldn't tell you the last time I had like a, I'm not good enough or I'm too much. Like my head is silent. Like I could stare out the window for three hours and I wouldn't think of anything. I might think of like chores or like a to-do thing, but like I wouldn't, nothing would be in my head anymore. Um, if my dad disagrees with me, a wound doesn't come up. I'm just like, oh, whatever. And like, nothing happens. Um, if a man, if I go up to a dude in a bar and he rejects me, I am just like, okay, like nothing happens. I don't get triggered. Like it's all these little things. And you often don't even realize how triggered you do get day to day until you do this stuff. And you're like, Whoa, I literally feel like I could do anything. Yes. There could be discomfort around things, but I'm not afraid of the outcome being what my ego won't like as in like rejection. Like I'm no longer afraid of rejection because I don't reject myself anymore. And so it's just all these little things in the way that it plays out. And so many people just don't realize that even little traumas actually can have a monumental effect in their life. Um, And everyone benefits out of doing this work. Every single person, even if you think I have no issues, I had a perfect upbringing. I, I had a perfect upbringing. We had money. My mom and dad are still together, like blah, blah, blah. But I still had my fucking daddy issues beyond belief. Mm -hmm. You know what I love about everything you just said is that everything is about responsibility and choice. You are constantly making these choices to not be in suffering. And Mm -hmm. it's so interesting. And I, this is something that I notice about myself and I really have to call myself out on it. And I, I even did this last night. It's like, I'm so used to having a fear. And so I keep having the fear, even though it doesn't really make sense to have that fear anymore, because I have become so accustomed to just sitting in suffering and forcing myself to suffer because that's what I know. And so Mm. I I pinpoint those moments and I'm like, why would you choose to suffer right now? And I think Mm. that's something that we forget is that we have the ability to choose something different for ourselves. And I love that about what you've said, because we can look at going up to a guy in a bar and he rejects us as rejection, or you can just say he wasn't into me moving on and we don't have to create a story about it. So how, when did you realize I have choice and I choose to not suffer? So I've got two things. First to answer that there was never like an, I choose to not suffer because when you fix all your trauma, you don't even have to make that choice anymore. It's like, it's like suffering isn't even in your brain. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like there's, you don't even have to be like, oh, it's okay. Like he didn't reject me. I'm not rejecting myself. It's okay. Like you don't, you don't have to calm yourself down. You don't have to talk to yourself. It's just like not a thing anymore. And like, obviously sometimes things happen and yes, you need to kind of like get yourself out of a 
a thing if, if you're like a massive expansion happening, but having the tools, having the support is like all, like all you need once you've done this stuff. Um, but I wanted to also mention what you were saying about like, it's so easy to kind of be a victim to things that have happened to us, our stories, our programming. That's an addiction to trauma and it's a full thing. It's not like some people are addicted, some people aren't. Everyone's addicted to their trauma because the way that chemicals get excreted in your brain, it literally creates like a drug addiction to what you get out of your trauma. So like a classic example is, and not saying this is everyone with depression, I'm just using an example. People that, for example, might have depression, depends on the severity of it, obviously, they can then find a group of friends. I'm just going to paint a picture that also have depression and they all complain about their depression together. Now, what that does is they all then feel good about their depression. I've got people to talk about. I'm loved because of my depression. Maybe they get more attention from their family because of their depression. Maybe their friends feel more sorry for them and they check up on them more. So what happens is their brain is constantly creating this addiction. And literally it's a combination of adrenaline, serotonin, and dopamine. And it all gets very addictive where your brain then creates this um, story, but more intense than it's a story of like, I am safer. I am more loved when I am depressed. So why would you want to let go of your depression? Because then your brain, if you don't have that depression, well, then what will I talk about with my friends? Will my family still love me? Will my friends still check in on me? Like who will give me attention? And so of course you get depressed to the story. Like it's so easy do that. I mean, a really basic example is like, you know, when you're younger and you were like sick and you'd get more attention from mom, Oh yeah, that's where it starts, right? You got more attention from mom when you were sick and women have this even with their periods. Um, and it can happen with like any sickness, but it happens a lot with periods as well, where, um, women that have painful periods, I've noticed that they also might've had their upbringing where they got more attention from mom or dad when they had bad period pain or when they were sick. So their body manifests continuously like being in pain every month because then they get more attention from people. And the reality, like that's, a, that's the case for a lot of people. We get more attention when we're sick. People check in on us, right? When something's happening, if we've hurt ourselves, we're fucking vomiting. It doesn't matter what a period pain, doesn't matter what it is. Um, and this creates this addiction in your head. And so you actually have to then break a victim addiction plus then heal your trauma. And for a lot of people that could take them years to actually be like, I no longer want to be a victim, but just even maybe me saying this is going to make people aware of like, whoa, I'm actually addicted to that because you can be addicted to men. You can be addicted to food. You can be addicted to friends. You can be addicted to traveling or escaping or codependency. You can be addicted to a million things. All it is, is that your brain is constantly eliciting these feel good hormones when you do something and you do that enough. And then that creates the addiction where you'll want to keep doing that, not because of the friend, but because of the feeling you get out when you're bitching with your friend. That's why women get addicted to drama. It creates this connection in their head with these girls and they get all this dopamine and oxytocin, which then creates an addiction. So everyone gets addicted to talking about drama. All right. Guess what? I'm so excited to talk about some of the brands that I fuck with because I have big news. Guess what? Limited edition gold pumpkin spice from Organifi is coming in hot. So this is just a limited, limited time only product. So it's going to be in stock until December. They just did the VIP launch. You may have seen me posting about it on Instagram. I have to tell you that the Starbucks pumpkin spice latte, our PSL obsession, doesn't hold a goddamn candle to Organifi's gold pumpkin spice. I'm not kidding. I love the fall. I've been talking about this for the last four days with Connor. I'm like, it's August and it's 90 degrees, but I can feel that fall wind or whatever. It's not chilly, but I'm ready to put on my damn sweater. And when I put on my sweater, then I make my gold pumpkin spice and I'm a happy little camper. And sometimes, not kidding you, because it gets very cold here. Obviously, I live in Colorado. I drink this twice a day. It is my favorite. It's so perfect. 
it uh, blends 4,000 years of Ayurvedic wisdom with that perfect autumn taste, medicinal mushrooms, restorative herbs, all the spices. It calms your nervous system. It replenishes antioxidants. It curbs your nighttime cravings. I talk about this all the time. I have Organifi at night, especially now because I'm leading up to the wedding. So I'm not snacking. I'm off sugar, hardcore. I'm doing all the things for the next two months. And so you best believe I just got some pumpkin spice, pumpkin, gold pumpkin spice in the mail. And that is going to be my go-to for the next couple months. So I'm so excited for you guys to try this if you haven't had it. Again, this is limited time. So they didn't have it all year until now. It is available. And I highly recommend you go get it ASAP. Go to Organifi.com slash Kelly T. I'm out of breath because I'm that excited about it. Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Kelly T. Get 20% off. Fill your body up with some good old pumpkin spice, baby. Okay. Let's talk about therapy. Therapy is so important. Therapy is life-saving medicine on its own. And I'm a huge fan of BetterHelp and what they've created and the accessibility of online therapy. And let's be serious, it feels like our world is burning. And we can stay happy. We can create a reality of positivity and possibility. And at the same time, our feelings, our trauma, our experience needs somewhere to go. If you are stressed, if you are overwhelmed, if you just feel like you need someone you trust that you can talk to, I highly recommend checking out BetterHelp. Their system and what they've created is so powerful. I have been using them for almost two years now, and I've gotten through so many things in my life. So please, 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 if you need help, ask for it. And BetterHelp is an amazing place to do that. You can go to betterhelp.com slash Kelly. That's BetterHelp. B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Kelly, and you'll get 10% off your first month. When I talk about this with some of the women in my community, it's, it's this fear of, well, if I let go of all of this stuff that I'm giving my energy to, and then I have all this space, oh God, what do I do with the new space mm-hmm. I have? And it's this unknown and this fear. And I'm curious what your advice would be for someone who is scared to create that space to live the life that they want and not have this need to be addicted to trauma or drama or any of that? Um, So a lot of us fear um, space because we grow up in a society where like when you have lots of things to do, that's better. And if you have space, I'm going to be bored and being bored is that I'm going to be lazy. I'm not productive. I'm not being successful. You have to start to want to be bored. So I used to never want to be bored. I would, I would fucking avoid that shit. Like the play, I would fill my calendar so full. Like I would do crazy shit. Anyway, now I have, I always have the goal of like, I want to like have to twiddle my fingers on my thumbs and be like, what am I going to do today? Like we all actually crave a little bit of boredom because it means that we can just like hang out. We can do nothing. We can stare out the window. We can like have a cup of tea on the veranda. Oh my God. Um, so if you can actually desire to have boredom, what that will do is your brain will then be like, Oh, I want boredom. Okay. Let's go find boredom. And so then you'll feel safer. This is just like a tiny little step. You'll feel safer in the idea of I might be bored and therefore you'll be more willing to do all the fucking work and be okay with being a bit bored. Mm, it's so good. Yeah. That, that quietness when mm. we start to hear our own voices can be so foreign and so scary, especially when we've given our power away to other people to make decisions for us for so much of our lives. And the people pleasers who feel like, Oh, I have to do what they say. And we never learn to hear ourselves. It's such a profound moment when we can shift into that quiet. I'm so glad that you said yeah. that. Um, I, Love the way you talk about abundance and wealth and the connection to our sexual expression and how it all kind of builds on top of each other. It's as you open this, this opens more, and then it continues to build. So how did you connect the dots between your sexuality and curiosity and exploration into making more money and feeling more financial Mm -hmm. abundance? Okay. So... I did an Instagram post on this the other day. So I'm kind of going to expand on this. So basically when you are feeling really sexy and that will come from you 
like getting rid of anything that's made you not feel sexy. So you're not bought most of us and you, there is generational trauma. So like, just put that aside, ignoring generational trauma for a second. Most of us are born not feeling like I'm not worthy of like sexual whatever, right? Most of us are born like blank slate. It's a blank book. Think of it like that, a blank book. And then everything that's happened between the day of your birth to like now is what you're living out. So when it comes to like feeling sexy or like confident or boundaries or anything, you don't need to go and learn it first. You actually need to get rid of everything that's stopping you from naturally feeling sexy or abundant or being able to speak your truth X, Y, and Z. Like you have to clear all of that stuff before you like pile on, like, let's just go do lap dance classes. Like that's all well and good, but like, you've got to clear the stuff first because you can't just keep piling on things. Like the problem is still there. Anyway. So once you've done that and then you're naturally feeling sexy, when you're feeling sexy, you feel like you want to be sexier, right? It becomes this cycle of like, I feel sexy. So I'm going to dress sexy. And if I feel sexy, I feel worthy. I'm happy for people to look at me. I want to be seen. I want to be heard. It's all that kind of stuff. So from there, you're then more likely because you feel worthy and, you know, abundant and delicious and all that kind of stuff. Cause it's all interwound with the same energy. You are then way more likely to walk into, let's say, Celine, my favorite handbag shop, Um, Celine and uh, buy a handbag and not flinch about it. You don't have to tell yourself like anything like I'm deserving and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, of course I can just buy the fucking handbag, right? You feel sexy. You feel liberated. You feel confident. So you'll walk in and you'll buy the handbag, for example, then the handbag makes you feel sexier. So what happens is you will feel like you want more sex. So then you go and have more sex. And then the more sex you have, then you feel more liberated and more confident and you'll continue to invest in yourself. You might then, you know, hire a fucking French teacher or hire a coach or whatever it is that you want to do because you feeling sexy makes you feel powerful and confident. When you feel powerful and confident in that energy, you then also feel like you're deserving and worthy. And it's not even like, it's so hard with those words. Like I feel deserving. I don't not feel deserving. I don't feel deserving. I just am like, I I don't even have in my head. I'm deserving of this. Like when someone says like, Oh, you deserve that. I'm like, I never said I didn't deserve it. Like that was never in my head that I didn't deserve it. So it's just like, you just are, you then invest more money in yourself. And then when you invest more money in yourself, you feel sexier because you are excited. You have an adrenaline rush because you've invested all this money in yourself. You've got this new beautiful handbag, or you're excited for this new course that you're doing. You're just excited for like what's to come. And then all of that, all of the serotonin and adrenaline then makes you feel sexier again. So then you're going to go have more sex and your relationships are going to get better or your relationship or your sex life or whatever it is. And then you continue to feel liberated and expressed and free. And then you go spend more money on yourself and you just, it continues to be in this cycle. And as you're in this cycle, you obviously make more money, right? You're the woman that then walks in and lights up the room because you're oozing all of this feminine, radiant, magnetic energy. Because as you're feeling all of this and operating in this energy, you are more magnetic because you are deserving, worthy, X, Y, and Z, and that's never a question. So then you, then you're the woman that lights up the room. You're being really productive at work because you're having great sex. You don't feel like there's all these like demons in your head running around about stuff. You just feel good. Um, you know, you've bought a new handbag that makes you fucking productive. Well, it does for me. Um, <laughs> and then your boss notices this, so then you get a pay rise or whatever, or you sign on more clients because you're just oozing confidence and happiness and joy and abundance. And it just is this one big, huge cycle, basically. Ooh, I love the visual that I get from that because it it feels just like a bunch of concentric circles just merging. It's uh-huh. like cycle, cycle, cycle. And it feels as you talk about it, it's like the doubt and the questioning and the am I worthy? Those things fall away. Because you don't have room for that anymore. You, your space is full of, I feel sexy. I feel productive. I feel amazing about myself. So everything else sort of washes away. And I think that that's such a powerful way of being that is embodiment. Like we can say embodiment in a million ways and it doesn't mean shit. What you just described is actual embodiment. It's being in action of things that make you feel good, taking steps to expand yourself and to be in a cycle of self-love. I mean, at the end of the day, you're taking care of yourself. Right. I mean, embodiment is just being in your body without trauma. Right. So when I'm like 
feeling sexy, doing what I want. I'm just doing, I'm just doing what the fuck I want to do. And I'm not second guessing it. Like I'm not just like on this like robot cycle where I don't think about decisions. Like obviously I think about things, right. But like, I don't make these decisions from my head. I make them from what feels good in my body. And that's embodiment. Like it's not head bodyment. It's, it's not what it would be in head or whatever the word would be. Embodiment is in your body, not in your head. Yeah. You are so unapologetically yourself. You, <laughs> you, um, the abrasive is not the word. You're just so forward and you're just so and honest. Blunt. Yes. And blunt. Yeah, Thank you. That's the word yeah. I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, you're so blunt. And I love that about you because it is, I mean, I just respect that so much when someone is just so knowing of themselves and you're like, fuck it. I don't care. It's something that I think so many women, especially aspire to is how can I be more blunt? Ask for what I want. Just say it how it is. And I think that there's this fear that someone will judge me or I'm not allowed to be that honest. So what does that look like for you in your life? So I think a lot of people think it's rude as well. Yeah. It's like rude to be that blunt. And there is a difference between like being bitchy and blunt or being blunt with rudeness and and being blunt in that you're just being direct. So like when I'm blunt, I'm just being direct. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Like even the other day, someone who I'm like kind of acquaintances with wanted to like ask me questions about like my modalities and trauma stuff and whatever. And I just replied to him just being like, I said, oh, I don't let people pick my brain without paying. So can't help you with that. And he was like, whoa. And I was like, I don't like, that's just the answer, right? Like if you want to book in a discovery call, like we can do that. But like, even my mom, she pays me. My mom's my interior designer for my apartment. And I paid her like her hourly rate blah, blah, blah. Like that's no question asked. And, um, she's done two of my programs. So she was very much like, yeah, we'll pay each other. My dad was like, you shouldn't make your daughter pay you blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, mom, I want to pay you because it's sexy to pay for a fucking interior designer. And like, I want to value you, but also I want to know for myself that I have made that investment in myself. Like it's fucking sexy anyway. So I would say with the bluntness and everything, there's just a difference between the energy of being like, like, Oh, I don't, um, I don't give away like my business information for free or whatever it is. Or like, if you want free advice, you can listen to my podcast. Otherwise you need to pay for my services. Uh, another example of being like kind and blunt uh, or like direct and blunt in a good way would be this literally, I literally did this the other weekend. So I'm giving it to you. Go up to the bartender and be like, Hey, do you want to fuck me tonight? That's fucking blunt and direct. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> That's fucking blunt and direct. Right. And like, we had like a minor conversation before that. Um, I did just walk up to a stranger. Like I knew his name and everything. But, um, but did he fuck you? But- but did he fuck you yeah, and was it, it good? Was okay, that's my girl. <laughs> anyway, the point being is that, and he was like, I was actually so attractive how blunt you were. And I and I said, he's like, why are you like that? Like, not in a bad way. He was wondering. And I was like, well, I didn't want to beat around the bush. Like, I, I knew what my intention was for that night. And I wanted you to know what your intention was. Like, I didn't want to like be talking for half an hour between you serving drinks. And then you want to like take me out in three dates. Like, that's not what I'm, I thought what I was asking for. I just was like, you're attractive. I'm on a mission. That's it. Like a wear ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Anyway. So even with the bluntness, I was saying this, um, to someone last night of that, the bluntness I think is like a self-respect thing of, I know what my intention is and me beating around the bush and avoiding what I want is actually really draining to like your own life force energy. And it's really draining because you know what you want and you, it's like the impatience can like eat you fucking alive. Right. If you're like, let's say we'll use the, the fucking bartender. Right. And imagine if we were like talking to three hours and I'm like, come on, like it would just like the fucking impatience would be so infuriating that I would resent myself. And I'd probably even resent him as well, rather than being like to the point. And then also me being to the point leaves less room for me being hurt. So if he was like, no, I'd be like, okay. But if I had this whole three hour thing, I'd be like, I just wasted three hours of my fucking time that I could have like been hanging out with my girlfriends or whatever. Do you know what I mean? So also being blunt allows you to just save a lot of time and a lot of like fluffiness. I'm not a fluffy person. Like if someone doesn't want to hire me, then that's fine. Like, cool. Let's move the conversation elsewhere. Like we don't need to keep talking about this. I'm not going to beat around the bush and like not be really, really direct. I've always been 
um, blunt, but I've never been like, it was, I've always been blunt, but I found it very hard to be blunt. I would like eventually be blunt to people, but I'd beat around the bush in the beginning. Whereas now I don't beat around the bush now. And I think it's also part of like running a business for so long and, um, just being like so clear on who I am as a person. And I know what I want. I know what I like. I know who I am. I'm so fucking clear on my personality and myself and my values and desires and needs that why would I be fluffy with someone? Like that is the biggest waste of their time, biggest waste of my time. Like we have rules even where like, if we feel like someone's like one foot in one foot out when they're emailing us, we'll just be like, no, like not like that. We'll just be like, I don't think you're ready. Like come back when you're hundred percent. Yes. Or come back when like you're two feet in. Um, and we're just so clear on that at the end of the day, people fucking love it. Like people love bluntness. They find it admirable. They find it attractive. It's so confident. It's so sexy. Like I always get compliments from guys of your bluntness is so refreshing. They always use the word refreshing. And for them, the reason why they love it. And I guess all the time with dudes, even just my guy friends, they love it because they never have to worry about judgment. They never have to worry about them upsetting me or like doing the wrong thing or being annoying. Cause I'll just be like, I need you to go. Or like people are coming soon. Like, can you leave the house? Like, bye. And I, I do that not in a bitchy way. I do it in still a nice way. Like the other morning as an example would be like, Hey, not trying to be rude. I really need you to leave in 10 minutes because I've got X, Y, and Z happening. Okay, cool. I'll leave. Done. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't need to be a bitch about it. Another example of like a way, let's say like, if you need to say to someone, um, like you got to pay for my services, would just be like, I would love to help you. And out of respect for myself and you, you need to pay for my services. Let me know if you're interested. Like that's still blunt and not being nice to bitchy would be like for the services one would be like, you have to pay me for this stuff. You have to pay me for this stuff. Don't just think I'm going to give it away for free. That would be bitchy. Like I'd be like, come fucking like, calm down. Um, bitchy could be, what would be another example? Bitchy could be like, um, uh, why, why do you keep doing X, Y, and Z? It's fucking rude. That is bitchy. That like the blunt version of that would be like, I'm curious to know why you keep doing X, Y, and Z because it's a little bit annoying. That would be like blunt whilst not being an asshole, right? It's almost like, think of it like sassiness because sassiness is not rude. Sassiness is sassy. It's like sexy. It's a bit frisky. It's like playful still. It's lighthearted. Like actually that's the word, the energy behind sassy bluntness would be lighthearted. The energy behind bitchy bluntness would be like angry is what it would be. Lighthearted versus angry. Yeah. Monica Yates, my spirit animal. That's so good. <laughs> I so much. No, it's amazing. It's so great. And, you know, I think it's just such an important conversation to have because we're not taught this as young girls. We're taught yeah. to be quiet and be in the corner and look cute and like play along. And you are just totally shifting that paradigm and that narrative. And I think it's so important. And something that came up while for me while you were talking is I just keep thinking of when we want someone to pay us, but we want everything for free. Mm. I'm like, hi, going back to energy cycles and if you want someone to pay you and you want to be respected, but then you go around in the world and you want everyone to give you advice for free services for free. What is it that you're creating? Right. Amen to that. That's a fucking problem. Everyone thinks that everyone, I one time, Oh my God, you'll love this. I one time had a review left on my podcast and she was like, I'm obsessed with your podcast, like blah, blah, blah. But can you stop talking about your programs? It's really interrupting. I was just, and I didn't, I put it on my Instagram story and I was like, and I did this like whole fucking thing about it and everyone fucking frothed off it because it was true <laughs> of like, I'm giving you free advice and you're loving it. And then you're telling me to not pay, no, I like to stop like interrupting my podcast or whatever. I did this whole post on like, you know, if you are the kind of person where you're not getting results, but you keep downloading the free shit like look at yourself because you are being fucking greedy is what it is. And if you're then expecting people to like not sell themselves when you're on a free podcast, like that greediness is disgusting. Like it, like greediness is not 
the vibe over anything. Like if a dude is greedy on a date or something, I'm like, I'm never talking to you again. Like, like the greediness is not just about money. It's about everything. And often it will show up for people in money, but that's really just like a very like surface level ways it shows up. It's easy for it to show up in money, but it's actually generally in many different areas of that person's life in different ways. They're greedy with like friendships or time or food or whatever it is. And um, yeah, never the vibe, but I just feel like we need to all channel out Samantha Jones's a bit more. Um, but in terms of just like boundaries, she's just unapologetically her, right? She's just like, I know what I want. That's what I get. And we don't all need to be Samantha Jones. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying the energy of, I know what I want. And also Charlotte knows what she wants, right? She's like the opposite, but she's like, I want married. I want marriage. I want romance. I want this. She knows what she wants. So she gets it. Um, and I'm even like blunt with my dad. Like I won't even beat around the bush with my dad because the bottom line is when you are fluffy with someone and when you avoid drawing a boundary, being blunt, whatever, um, you actually create resentment. Like there are times where I have to tell my dad to zip his fucking mouth, for example, or even my mom. And I do that because if I don't say that to them, I will resent them. And we're allowed to have different opinions. But like, if something like sometimes talking about things all the time doesn't help situations, if it's like something that's opinionated, right? So like, let's just not talk about it anymore. That way, neither of us have resentment towards either of us and we can still be a happy little family. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I love that approach too. I think it's important. We have to speak what we need. And if your parents yeah. asked you for something and said something, you receive that because that's how you show up in the world. That's the respect level you have for yourself. And when you respect yourself in that way, you're able to respect others so much more and have more compassion and be like, yeah, tell me, tell me what your truth is. Tell me what you need right and now. That's, that's the thing, right? Like, and we're seeing such a divide these days with people, um, with everything going on. And honestly, the people that can't respect other people's opinions, no matter what side you're on, it's just showing all of their shadows because like, I don't care what side people are on. I can respect their opinions, their decisions, their choices. And I expect the same return. And it's crazy how many adults can't respect other people's, other people's opinions. I'm like, you're, are you a fucking child? Like it's actually wild to me. And it just shows that they don't respect themselves because the more that I have loved and respected myself, the more that I've had unconditional love for others. Like clients always ask me like, Monica, like, how do you deal with like wounded men or like people that are like not in this world and they're like showing up bad things. I'm just like, I don't deal with it. I don't judge people for it. Like it's just unconditional love. Like, yes, it can fucking aggravate me and it can frustrate me sometimes. I'm not saying it doesn't, but I don't love them any less because they haven't done the work or because they're not like spiritual or whatever it is. Um, because I have unconditional love for everyone, no matter where they are on their journey, what their beliefs are, blah, blah, because I respect myself. So I respect other people's opinions too. Like no one's right. Nobody is right. And nobody is wrong. Everyone thinks their fucking truth is the only truth. Nobody is right. No, I'm not right. You're not right. I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. Like we all have our own little fucking universe that we're living in. Oh my God. I feel like you're in my head. This, that is what <laughs> I've been sitting with all week. I'm like, no one's right or wrong. We're all just living in yeah. our own universe. We're all just like yeah. seeing our stuff. We're all doing our best. My truth is my truth right now. And so is yours. And yeah. then maybe we switch tomorrow. Who the fuck knows? But like, this exactly. is what it is. So the judgment and the anger and the, why don't they get it? It's like, literally we are all on our paths. We are souls in a human and we're doing the thing and we're learning the lesson so that when we die, we go back up and we're like, all right, what's next? Like, that's it. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Love it. So good. Monica, thank you so much for coming on the show. You are oh, so wise and I love your energy and you're just so raw and I'm just so grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kelly, for having me. 